This is your official Leguizamarama spoiler warning. If you have not seen Assault on Precinct 13, either of them, uh, we will be spoiling those films, that film. Uh, so please, please, uh, you can listen to the first probably 25 minutes, the way we go, where we'll just talk fucking bullshit. But... But once we start talking Assault on Precinct 13, you have been warned. Mm. This has been your official Leguizamarama spoiler warning. Peace. I hate the word. Hello and welcome back to Missions, Zach's Leguizamarama. It is a podcast where each week we talk about John Leguizamo and we watch something or listen to something or chat about something that he has been in. Mm-hmm. We love him. We're obsessed with his filmography. Mm. Uh, I believe this is the number one John Leguizamo-based podcast in the world. Yeah, unless he started one. Yeah, and then we're fucked. If he starts a podcast... We're fucked. What would you do if John Leguizamo started Mission Zakarama? Feel a bit sick. <laughs> I'd be like, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. But also, like, he, that's funny. That's a funny idea. That's yeah. a really funny niche concept. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd support it. Um, my name's Mish Witchup. How rude of me to not introduce yeah, myself earlier. Uh, yeah. Uh, you might know me from when I was 13. Mm-hmm. I had my I had my first kiss. I had my first kissy. Mm. Yeah, I'm joined as always by my very dear friend uh, and film buff mm. Zach Ruane, who you might know from. I like films. I wouldn't call myself a film buff. I think of film buffs as you know your Alexi Toliopoulos's, your mm. your Aaron McCanns. But I like. Oh God, this is like maybe I'm exposing Alexi, mm. who is the quintessential film buff. Um, I messaged him and was like, oh, have you seen War of the Worlds? Because I just watched War of the Worlds. Which one? Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. And he said, I don't think I've seen it. And I was There's like, always going to be gaps. Of course. Of course. But that one shook me to my core. That's a, that's a, but I also think. Was it War think, of the Worlds? Maybe it wasn't War of the Worlds. But I think that like a, a film buff has seen stuff you haven't heard of. Yes. And I've seen a little bit you haven't heard of. Yes. And look, it's it's degrees, isn't it? It's all relative. Oh, it wasn't uh, it was Armageddon. That's funny. That he hasn't seen he Armageddon. You should check out Armageddon. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, that's what um, I told him. But no, I think it's all relative. And I suppose to a lot of people, they mm. would go, can't banging on about bloody this, that, and the other. But I think there's like a lot of fancy French shit I haven't seen. Mm. Oh, there's so much fancy Weird shit Japanese seen. shit I haven't seen. I don't think I like. I like movies, mm-hmm. but I don't think I have seen a lot of stuff that big groups of people haven't seen. Yeah, like I think like when I have a conversation with with well, one time I was out for dinner with Max Miller, uh, mm-hmm. who directs all of Auntie Donna's things, and and um, Alexi Toliopoulos. This was during the Melbourne International what Film a dinner. Festival. Uh, and then Aaron McCann met up with us. Aaron Imagine McCann. if your dinner party was Alexi, Max and McCann and all of a sudden that's just your dream come true. 
What, what like, do you, you mean? you know your dream dinner party? Oh, dream dinner yeah. party. Yes. That's a very specific <laughs> person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there'd be someone that, I mean, for if you are a fan of late 2000s mm. Australian internet culture and film directors mm. and you want to, I mean, it was very interesting. But what I will say is Aaron and Alexi, Aaron, of course, of uh, he did Henry and Aaron. He also has directed a number of um, very cool, interesting stuff. And Alexi has been a guest. We should get Aaron on sometime. He's great. Great. Um, but that and Aaron also directed uh, on Grouse House, uh, the first ever web series on Grouse House. Oh, really? Mm, oh, fun fact. A little fun fact for you. Thanks. Yeah, a little fun fact. Anyway, you were out for dinner. And they just started talking and I, I swear to God, I hadn't heard of a single film. Mm. Like they just, and I talked to Aaron and he'll just be like, this is weird to just be talking about a guy I know, but he'll just be like, he'll just. Yeah. There's no, there's no way I would ever catch up yeah. either. Like it's not like if I decided now, it's like you'd have, I would have to be able to have a film based conversation with any of those people. Mm. I would need about five years, 12 hours a day. Do you know what, though? There is an element of that. But I recently did a screening at the Lido of Dark City, which was just, which, and no one had seen it. No one in the audience had seen it. Well, like a few. But the majority hadn't. I would talk to people. This is for your people. film club, yeah? Your fun yeah, yeah. film club? I would talk to people and they would be like, no, I don't. Some of them had never even heard of it, right? So in their mind... I was introducing them to this obscure Australian science fiction. Well, mm. it's, it's, you know, it's, um, oh, I gave away the twist. Not that it's science fiction. Yeah. But noir, alt noir thing, very interesting, weird, sort of obscure. And that was the tone for some people that I had exposed them to this film. Mm-hmm. To me, it was just a movie that came out on DVD when I was eight. Yeah. And I, I watched the DVD and I, well, v, VHS actually, mm. I watched it on VHS and I liked it. Mm. And then when it came out on DVD, I watched the DVD. So there is a part of me that thinks part of it is just getting older. As you get older, you'll have more movies that you just watched when they came out. Yeah. Like there'll be, there would be, a, to, if I were to talk to a 17 year old, which I won't, mm. but if I were to talk to a 17 year old, <laughs> um, don't worry everybody, I'm, anyway. <laughs> If I were to talk to a 17-year-old and, I like, Donnie Darko would be like. Yeah, that's like a cold oh. classic. And it was, that yeah. was just my sister got it. My sister used to work at a video shop and she got it. Yeah, fair. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I know. It's Jawbreakers one. I remember I remember Heathers when I was come Like, Heathers was this, like, have you seen Heathers? Very old. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas anyone from the 80s would have just watched Heathers. I feel that way about Jawbreaker and Coyote Ugly. Yes. You know what I mean? Great. So I've got a Coyote Ugly yeah. reference coming up. But I've been thinking a lot about Coyote Ugly in the last 48 hours. Did you watch it recently? No. I watched it very recently. It was on the tally when I was, uh, where was I? I was in a hotel room for some reason. Is it shocking? Um, nah, it's great. It's so great good. Time. But it is so funny. It's yeah. so... Like uh, the logic just doesn't exist. Yeah. It's just a fever dream. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> Coyote Ugly is such 
a bonkers film. And it's like you take something like Jawbreaker, uh. right? So Jawbreaker is this movie that was made early noughties, late 90s. Yeah. Yeah, uh, starring Rose McGowan, uh, and it's very kind of campy, and it's very um, self-aware, and it is a bit of a, has that fever dream kind of like, but it's very self-aware. And then you take something like Coyote Ugly, yeah, just so and earnest. Like the development of like, how do we make this movie? Like, imagine the development stages of that film. It's it's such... like it would have literally been like, how do we get hot women dancing on a bar? without making them just be like sex objects. But I want to fuck them all. Like I don't want I don't want it to just be about sex. I want to fuck them all. But it can't just be about sex, but they have to be really But hot. it's also just like um <laughs> such a like uh, like why I would much rather a platform for I would much rather there be dancers. Mm. And people serving me alcohol. Mm. The fact that the people serving me alcohol spend all of their time dancing. Yeah. Do you know there's real Coyote Ugly bars? Do you know after the, the movie? No, before. This is because I was what? watching this. I was watching this film, and I thought to myself, "A, you could, you would just this sort of film doesn't exist anymore, right? No, not even slightly. Like on what? Unless there was a Superman in it. Yeah." <laughs> And I just was like, this is so... And then I was like, what is the pitch? And I was just sitting yeah, there what is watching the, the film and I go, what is the pitch? And then I thought to myself, I think there might be a real Coyote Ugly Bar. Because I was just like, what are you pitching? What are you pitching if there isn't... And I was like, maybe it's based on an article. Movies used to be based hmm. on articles. Um, Fast and the Furious, the first one was based on an article. I was like, maybe... Because I was just like... If, if it's not based on something, mm. you're walking into a room and you're going, it's about a girl whose dad is a tollway man and she starts working at a bar, but here's the twist, they dance on the bar top. Yeah. Like there's no, uh, there's no pitch there. Yeah, there's no pitch. No, because the pitch is this. The pitch is like, okay, everyone, I want you to pick, hey, hey lads, because mm. it's men. It's yeah. a room full of men. Yeah. And it's like, We're hey, going to make a movie for chicks. <laughs> I feel like what people are loving right now, what they're loving is the female lead, right? Yeah. Well, the chicks love it when you put a chick in the fit in the lead. So I reckon what we do is we take a small town girl and yeah. she's got a tollway dad, but he's like likable but grumpy. We're thinking John Goodman if we can get him, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she she's she's an amazing musician, but she just can't sing in front of people. She got she's scared of that. She's scared of singing in front of people. But she moves to the Big Apple. Big Apple? Is it New York? Mm. Is it New York? Chicago. Mm. No, New York. It's New York. She moves to New York um, and she's not brave enough to sing and she's trying to get her mixtape out so that everyone listens to it. No one wants to listen. But then she ends up at a bar full of sexy women. Yeah. Sex. Like they're all really fucking hot. Like if mm. we can get an actual supermodel in there, um, I know that's going to be expensive, but just like think really hot. Right, are you all picturing a hottest chick yeah, possible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They work at the bar, and yeah. this girl finds her confidence from like these hot chicks. See, but here's the thing, right? The the hundred percent the, the the emphasis put on how sexy that film is was far more than any emphasis on anything else. But what 
I would say back to you, if there wasn't a real Coyote Ugly Bar, which there is, yeah, and that we'll drives, talk that's to that. blows right? my little mind hole. Right, we'll talk to the real Coyote Ugly Bar. If there wasn't, in a universe where there isn't, and you pitch me that movie, do you know what I say back to you as an executive? That sounds hot. I say, yeah, fuck, I got a stiffy. <laughs> but then I go, wait a second, I can put hot people doing hot things in any movie. Mm. I can take any pitch I've gotten today. So many people have come in and pitched movies. So many spec scripts have been written. And I can just go, I can just put hot people in that story. I hear what you're saying, mate. But this one has Leanne Rhymes in it. And I go, that's awesome. But what you've pitched to me (laughs) is a girl gets a job at a bar. Yeah. And works there for a bit. Yeah. And then... And then the bartender lady is like, hey, you've got to make a choice between working at this bar yeah. or following your dreams. Yeah. And it's a tough choice. Yeah. And then, but then when you go, there was a real Coyote Ugly Bar in about 1994 yeah. in New York City. That's that, crazy. There was a real one. And, and, but what I love, right, the more I read about it, so it was a real Coyote Ugly Bar. And uh, it was that. It was the, I think the idea was they had this bar and then it was kind of like a dive bar, but then they would get on the bar and dance. And mm. and I go, again. Kind of like a Johnny Rockets where all of a sudden the wait staff just start dancing. Yeah. And, and I guess it makes sense. It makes sense as there's one bar mm. in New York where the girls get on the bar and they dance and they'll pour mm. alcohol into you. You, you go, okay. Okay, I see that that, that, that that someone was running this dive bar and she started dancing on the, right? But again, even as a bar, not just mm. as a film, even as a bar, it doesn't hold up. If you start to try and expand it where you go, here's the idea. Mm. It's a bar, but we dance. It's yeah. not enough. But also, if you watch that film, the amount of free alcohol they give away. And just pour onto the bench. Yeah, like just the amount of wastage. Yeah. They would have to like budget for wastage. I'm they like literally just have like some guy take his shirt off and they lie him down on the bar and just douse him in tequila. They douse this naked man. And I in can't tequila. imagine it was like that in real life. I reckon it's like the real one is like they dance a bit. It's a bit fun. Oh, it's like Johnny Rockets, I reckon. Yeah. You know, it's like that like those diners where they the wait stuff all of a sudden just start like Dancing to 1950s jazzy tunes. What I realised when I realised the fact that there was a real one and I read a bit about it, what I love about the movie even more, like it made me love the movie even more because it feel. what I love is that it's not the story of the person opening the bar. Mm. It's not the story of someone starting a bar, they don't make money, so they start. It's not the story about the creation of Coyote Ugly. Yeah. It's Coyote Ugly, the film. I love that it's like... Coyote Ugly is a bar and now it's a film. It's like this synergy thing. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a whack movie. There's like, I will say like, it doesn't hold up at all in terms of like, like obviously it's it's crazy. I'm sure it's aged horribly. Like the way the dad is just like, I will never talk to you again because you dance in a t-shirt. <laughs> yes, on a bar. But also like the, he works at a toll way. Like in one of those toll booths, mm. right? And he's got a bunch of other blokes that work there all about his age. And they all have their own toll booths. So no one else uses their toll booths. Mm. And they all have this picture of his daughter dancing on a bar up in their toll booth. It's like, can't you've got, like, if you wanted a hot girl up on your toll booth, you'd just put some porn or a yeah. naked picky 
from a like penthouse from a calendar, like maybe. or a calendar. Yeah, you don't have a newspaper clipping of your mate's daughter because yes. he goes into the bar and he's like, all my friends have your picture up in their toll booths. Yeah. And she's like, oh, no, how embarrassing. And it's just her fully dressed, just throwing tequila on herself. And then um, it's Andy, so weird. Andy Garcia. Is it Andy Garcia? Adam Garcia. Adam Garcia. The Australian bootman. So bootman, bootman is in it, Yeah, right? bootman's in it. And the, I love it so much because he plays an Australian, mm. but I don't think the part's written for an Australian. So I think what's happened is they've gone, we should put bootman in it, and they haven't rewritten it. So he's Aussie. He speaks with an Aussie accent. I think there's some reference to him being Aussie, but his syntax and sentence structure oh, Zach, isn't. We so should have like, done a Coyote Ugly podcast. He's just like, hey, he, he's not like, hey, mate, how you going? He's like, howdy. Yeah, he's like, hey, how are ya? <laughs> <laughs> it's just these weird, li- and it took me like a good. Your fans are waiting to throw money at you at a bar. <laughs> Like, it's just this strange thing, and it took me quite a while to figure out what was wrong. It was just like, that's not how someone that Aussie, because mm. he goes really Aussie, mm. would structure their sentence. It's a it's a whack movie. It's um, so wacky. Like, And when I was 13. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, what happened when you were 13? I don't have a good enough memory. I, it was two years away from the release of Assault on Precinct 13. Hey, there you uh, go. Which came out when I was 15. Are we ready to read the blurb? Let's do it. No, no, Mish. Um, that's the end of the introduction. Oh, okay. How have you been? <laughs> <laughs> um, I reckon let's read the blurb. Why not? Are we there? doesn't matter. The earlier the better. I don't know if I have this. Okay. What, yeah, yeah, okay. You don't think you have it in you to do it? No, I think we're good. I, 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 I sometimes get attached to the conversation before we talk about the movie, but there's no reason. It is the intro and spoiler, it shouldn't go that long. But also, full spoiler warning, mm. I'm very excited to talk about this Oh, wow, one. I'm keen to hear your thoughts. I'm, I'm not saying I loved it. I'm, well, I'm keen to hear. Um, well, we'll get to that. Well, after, after the ad... Is there anything? No, we're good. We can go to the ad. We'll talk about us. What should we talk about after the ad? Time. Um, the who would weirdest... we? And oh, no, I go. Oh no, you go. Who would we cast in a remake of Coyote Ugly as the lead now? Oh my god. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back. Yeah. Uh, before the ad, which you definitely heard, there was definitely an ad. I asked Zach if there was a remake of Coyote Ugly, a 2024 remake, mm-hmm. who would we want as Piper Paribo? Is it Piper Paribo? Yeah, I got it. Pro- Piper Paribo's role. I got it. Go for it. Um, um, oh, no, I've forgotten her name. Uh, oh, no, I've got it. Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, okay. A singer. 
Well, because I'm pretty sure she was a Disney person, so she would have been an actor as well. Yeah. This is her return to acting. She's going for a very mm. late 90s, early 2000s vibe with her music anyway. Yeah, that's a she good point. She plays a singer-songwriter. Perhaps she would change the story to be about not just wanting to be a songwriter for Leanne Rhymes. <laughs> She's just a, a singer-songwriter. Yeah. And uh, I would do it with her. I wouldn't be halfway surprised if they remade Coyote Ugly and they were just like, it's not the same movie though. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy what they were allowed to get away with now, but now it's a feminist film. Yeah. And they'd like 100%. Um, I was like leaning more towards like a, oh, oh, fuck. Reminds me of what you just said reminds me of when they remade Charmed mm. and they were like. Uh, oh, my God, wasn't that awful? Well, I never watched it, but they were like. The, the pitch was mm. they were like, it's charmed, but this time with a feminist twist. Yep. And then all the cast were just like, that That was what charmed was. Yeah. Yeah. My answer is um, Halle Bailey. Hey, great. Great yeah. choice. Thank you. Halle... She's in the cast. She's in the cast. No, Halle Bailey version. is. I think, see, I think Olivia Rodrigo is the, the crazy angry one, but Halle Bailey is the Piper Perigo Who's role. Maria Bello? The boss. The boss. Oh, okay. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Hey, that's that's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm going to go with um, Jennifer um, Rachel from Friends. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. That's very interesting. That's who but I would reach wanted... out to first. Yep, that's very interesting. Or you could completely change it up and go with like a Jennifer Coolidge type. Hey, that's fun. I've got another one, J-Lo. Oh, Hunch. Nail on the fucking head, Zach. And that is why you get paid the big Netflix bucks, mate. Because that's exactly who would fucking play on By Netflix standards, I did not get paid. <laughs> the big Netflix. I got paid, um, <laughs> like, the low Netflix bucks. And split six ways. <laughs> which was, like, a nice amount for me <laughs> once. Then. All I'm saying is that Jennifer Lopez was the right answer. Ten points for you. Now, Thank you. Let's read the blurb. It's not a very good blurb. I got a little caught up in the intro part of the blurb. That's fine. Here we go. If you liked John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13, the razor-sharp, near-perfect 1974 action thriller made for a mere $100,000, then you will love Assault on Precinct 13, open bracket, 2005, close bracket. Now, with over 40 minutes more backstory, some French director, and a cast of stars like Ethan Hawke, Morpheus, Adriana from Sopranos, that Irish dude from The Usual Suspects, the proprietor of Coyote Ugly, and of course, Johnny Legs. Assault on Precinct 13 tells the story of Precinct 13 getting assaulted. <laughs> Johnny Legs plays a crazy prisoner of Precinct 13. That's very good. Have you seen the original straight up? Yeah, and I wanted to rewatch it before we talked, but I watched it not that long ago, in the last two years. I haven't seen it. Yeah, great. But I was getting I really. Love that perspective. Yeah, I was like, I wish I, wa- I want to watch it. Because I was like, why? Upon finishing Assault on Precinct 13, 2005, I'm like, what did they remake? Like, what was so successful about this film that they were like, we have to remake it? Now, that's not giving away my feelings on this film. No, and I love this. Let's hold off. Let's talk to that. What did they remake? So, this film is like a very, very 2005 action drama. It is, can I say, and I, I wanted to say this in the intro. The most 2005, 2005 film, film 
on the planet. Never in my life would I, could I, I couldn't even think of a more 2005 film. I'm going to look some up. But, like, this is quintessential mid-2000s action film. It even changes up its tone and style from time to time to encapsulate all of the crazes of 2005. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your question? What was there to remake? Yeah. Um, so, like, Get Rich or Die Trying was 2005. <laughs> Into the Blue with Jessica Alba. That yeah, was, 2005. Um, yeah, 2005. Oh, my God. The Descent was 2005. Was The Descent 2005 is in the cave one? Yeah. Are you kidding me? How good is that film? I haven't seen it since 2005. Oh, so good. I rate it so highly. So highly. That was one of those movies that's really hard to watch more than once. Because yeah, it's just so, so intense. intense. Our Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants, very 2005. I had a big crush on Alexis Bledel. Is it Bledel? 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 Yeah. In oh, 2005. I have, I've always had a bit of a crush on American, America Ferrera. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, Casanova was uh, 2005. <laughs> the Dukes of Hazard was 2005. So you're getting the vibe, right? You're getting the vibe. Um, so upon the finishing this film, I was just like, I have to watch the original, and I didn't. No, wish no, I had. Time. Just because no, I'm like, I can tell there's got to be something in the original, yeah, that was so good. Yeah, that this French director who has directed a bunch of stuff, not seen a thing he's done. I've never seen anything else he's ever no, done. No. He's directed a good handful of stuff. Why he went? I have to remake well, that. Well, what I would say is he didn't say that. Okay. I think that someone else said, "Let's remake that," mm. and he was like. I would like the job. <laughs> uh, you might have seen my now, hard hitting films from now let's, Paris. Let's make love and talk about this. Hey, <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the script. I can do it a bit action. Um, what's the question? What is the film? Well, what what do you get? What are you guessing? Like, what's your? What are you supposing? What? what my guess is mm. is that it was a really. This is pure. It must have been a really interesting study of criminals versus the um, versus police versus um, public servants, like service. You know what I mean? Like a really interesting study on the weird blurred lines. Okay, and the relationships of because like that surely must have been in the seventies as well. Well, Mish, great. Great guess. You are wrong, though. I'll tell you why. Because nothing. There was nothing more two thousand and five of all the two thousand and five ness in this movie. It's the crooked copness of it all. So that wasn't in the first no, one. This has been added and in oh. fact changed in the original. So it's a bit of a twist on it. Mm. In the original, it's just gang members that are breaking in. It is gang members. It's not. Oh, it's not cops, right? So this is a bit of a twist. So I think. Some of the motivation was, let's do it, but this time, the baddies are the cops. So there's that layer, right? Okay, yep. How I would describe the original film, and I'm, I, like, I, I really wanted to go back and rewatch it just to try, because I was like trying to remember little bits and pieces. The original film is 90 minutes long, mm-hmm. so it's significantly shorter. Mm. It had one actor that an audience then would have recognized none that i would that i recognize mm. and it's 100 that it's a very tight like it's a tight little film yeah very little dialogue very little character yep it's what makes it great is how like um what i would describe it as and i think i read this it 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 felt like a zombie movie in disguise where the 
pe- the, in the seventies, it did. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and I think a huge inspiration for the film was um, Night of the Living Dead. The Love that. gang members are faceless characterless gang members and they're almost like zombies. It's an awesome film. It's like, it's just this pure thriller. It feels like a zombie film. Yeah. And there's just like very little character. It's just completely contained in this. I love that. And this movie, credit where credit is due, is just so different. Okay. But as someone who's seen the original. That makes a lot of sense to me though because literally, like I said now a couple of times, I got to the end of the film and was just like, what, they must have butchered it. <laughs> Not because, like, <laughs> like, they, because, like, why remake, this is just such a, are you all right? Yeah, that made me laugh. You got Coke coming out your nose. I had a little, uh, <laughs> I was having a quiet little sip of Coke and then you butchered it, made me laugh. Um, but, like, it's it was just so strange. Like, it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't understand why in 2005 they remade what, the, what they were remaking. Now, the next thing I would like to discuss. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I will loop back around to that, though. This movie yeah. was so entertaining. <laughs> this was bonkers. Like, it was <laughs> just... I love this. I yeah. love your perspective on it. Because I wanted it. Can I say, that mm. was my big thing. Mm. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, I would love to see this... Not comparing it to the original. Yeah, well, there you go. This is that's me. So I put it on, and I didn't really know what to expect. I often watch the trailer, and I did with this one because I was like, I want to see what. I'm, and I was like, Oh, oh, I'm gonna love this because I am having a real like late '90s, early noughties action moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's why I picked the film when I put I, I, when I, I pushed you into it last week. No, I was excited. I, I was like, like I, I'm really choice. in the mood for this kind of like, oh, Lawrence Fishburne. I'm so in the mood for a Lawrence Fishburne film. Yeah. Right. And it starts with Ethan Hawke as an undercover cop with his two partners doing a really good job of acting like a junkie. Because I remember watching I was like, oh, I thought he was a cop based on the trailer. I'm like, oh, I got it wrong. Ethan Hawke, brilliant little piece of junkie acting. See, what's great for me when I was, I love the opening scene. Same. The opening scene, and it's super 2000s. It's super. I thought the it whole movie. It looked like movie, spun. It looked like spun. Spun. I was going to say traffic. Like yeah. it had that really washed out. Like, and lots of camera changes. And CPR. super, super, uh, 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 like. Um, uh, Brainy. No, the editing was like uh, jump cutty. Jump cutty. It's mean Lots of different shots. And it was so good. I was, And it felt like spun. I was like, oh, this is sick. But I will. At, at, so. What I loved is it opens with him. You're saying as an undercover cop, you'd watch the trailer. I hadn't watched the trailer. And this scene has nothing to do with the original mm. film. So I was like. Arguably nothing to do with the film. Arguably. <laughs> but I was watching this scene and I was like, okay, he must be one of the criminals. Because mm. I knew there was criminals and cops. I was like, he must be playing one of the criminals. Yep. Because they'd set him up as, and it played, it, it as a short film. Mm. Is awesome. That first five, seven minutes? Yeah. So good. And he's like, oh, my woman. And that's actually his partner. And then she gets killed and his other partner gets killed. And you, the whole, because what's, it's very believably, mm. I, I, as someone who didn't know he was playing a cop, I was like, mm. oh, cool. He's like a real fucked up. Yeah. And then when he's like, I recognize this yeah. other guy. That twist. Oh, and the way it was done as well. It wasn't like this, like, bam, bam, done. It was just this really slow, 
very like like gritted teeth conversation about how I actually recognize this person and this person isn't your bitch or whatever. This person's actually a cop who got like, and it was just this like very, and Ethan, it's just, it was so well done. And I was just like, fuck Ethan Hawke is good. Like I was like, he's a very good actor. I will also say it's the beginning of the don't think about it too hard that happens a lot in this movie, which is why do they have an oh, undercover cop don't, 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 who has already <laughs> yeah. who has already been involved in a court case oh. against people that they're investigating. The amount of so that's the big thing that I got out of So that's this what movie. this like I feel like the that introduction of- <laughs> encapsulates the whole, yeah. The, oh. You have put that <laughs> Perfectly. In order to watch this film, <laughs> you have to allow it so many graces. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can have that one. There are things in this film that make no <laughs> fucking sense. <laughs> like, for example, my yep. favourite one is uh, basically they get these, like, f- I think it's four criminals. Yeah, I didn't do a good introduction. No, no, it's all right. They take these four criminals, completely unrelated criminals, and put them on a bus to take them to jail, but they can't get very far and they have to stop at Precinct 13 to stay there. Now, when they're loading these criminals onto the bus, it's Lawrence Fishburne, Ja Rule, John Leguizamo, (laughs) and I'm so sorry, an actor who I don't know, they get on this bus. John Leguizamo is playing this, like, little junkie criminal who robbed a deli. And they're like, this one's fucked on drugs. And he's just, like, totally fried, like, full junkie Johnny Legs, fried. How long was the waiting period between him getting high as fuck to being convicted as a criminal to then going to jail and he's high? Like, do you know what? Yeah. He was so fried, but they were like, it's time to go to jail, son. Like, we're taking, you've been convicted. You are a criminal and you're going to jail. Well, at the very least he's in jail if he got, he At least two days. Yeah, at least two days. Yeah. And he would be, if he was a hard junkie, he's vomiting, he's coming off drugs. Like- He's not high as a kite. It was just so strange. The main reason I wanted to rewatch the original, right, mm. is because it, from memory, right, it's very thought through. There may have been a few weird plot holes, like how, but it's very considered, you know, the idea of Precinct 13 is moving buildings. Yeah. And the notion that the setup of the film is Precinct 13 is moving buildings. This is the last night of mm. the old building. So everything's turned off. Mm. Like, and they've got a skeleton crew and then, then this, this prisoners end up staying mm. there and then an assault happens, right? What I found so funny, Mish, and I I wish I could like call on the original film, but what I found so funny is this movie is significantly longer (laughs) than the original and it has plot holes that the original didn't have. They have more time to explain things, more time, and I'm sure there are things that happen in the story where it's like, where it was better explained in the original. And, mm. and that's so funny to me because, because there's something about a movie that doesn't quite mm. add up, right, yeah. that you go, ah, well, you know, they were writing it quickly. Yeah. There's another thing entirely about a movie that doesn't quite add up that is a remake of a movie that does. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If you're struggling with yes. why, are the, why are the phones off, Yeah. 
You could just go back to the movie you're remaking yeah. and, and say they switched off the phones. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in the original they had cut the phone lines um, already because they were transferring. Mm-hmm. They were like, hey, we've already it's cut their the last f- day at this precinct. So yeah. we just need you to look after it, but we've cut the phone lines. Or Like I'm pretty sure there was just shit like that. Mm. But then I also loved the idea. There was something as well about. The original is in the 70s before cell phones. There's nothing better than it's the same thing horror had. Mm. The mid 2000s, what are we going to do about cell phones? Yeah. Is I think you could do a whole video essay, a whole podcast about the transition of bringing in phones. The the cell phone yeah. scene, like it was in horror all yeah. the time. There was always the they were in the van yeah. about to get murdered. But then they were like, hey, there's no reception here. Yeah. And in this one, they're like, God, they've somehow figured out how to turn up to stop our, they've somehow figured out how to make our cell phones not work. Yeah. And, and there was it- no like, let me look into that. Give me your phone. Let me have a look. <laughs> it was just like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Good one. But I, um, it remind, like, doesn't remind me of this, but I just think it's an interesting kind of contrast. Um, I was watching a documentary on uh, 90s. Uh, television show, comedy television shows with live audiences, right? It was this really, really interesting doco and it showed um, like this, I I believe it was, it could have been Will and Grace maybe, but they were showing how there was a joke that didn't land and then all of these writers just quickly got together at a camera or like just behind a camera. Oh, wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and they were just like, okay, so that joke didn't land. What can they say? What's happening in this? All right, like, and so they, like, together, this little group of six comedy writers came up with a better line in about 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. And threw it out, and then that person delivered it, and it killed, right? I imagine that that's a lot about what happened here. There was a lot of like, okay, hold on, sorry, just quickly. It doesn't make sense that she's not wearing a jacket. Like, it do- it's freezing, it's snowing. I know she looks good. It just doesn't make sense. Okay, what, what's the reason we can explain that she can't find her jacket? Like, what's the reason she took it off before to have a, a dance? Yeah, she was just dancing. She was dancing. She was dancing. Okay, so, um, Maria, could you just dance for, like, 20 seconds? <laughs> we'll get that. There you go. Then now she's not wearing clothes. Like, it's just, it was so bizarre. I don't think I know a movie. Maybe I just need to watch more of them. But, like, the plot holes in this, the amount you just had to kind of go, oh, okay. But, but the layer... Mish, that this is based on a movie that doesn't have them. It's crazy. I so just quickly on the women in this film. <laughs> there's two of them. Oh well, no, no. There's three. There's three of them. Sorry, but two. The one of them's the criminal, and then there's two um, that work at the precinct. One of them is a secretary, who just is where it's it's the middle of winter, like yeah. in Canada. It's snow. Yeah, that's where it was filmed. <laughs> it was filmed in Canada. Um, it's snowing. It's blizzarded. Like you can't get out of there. It's yeah. snowing so much. And she's wearing fishnets and the shortest dress I've ever seen. Yeah. And the her car- her story arc is just the most bizarre thing I've ever. It just doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense why she's there except occasionally to just kind of like squeal. Like, and like, you know, be a bit in the way. Bizarre. And then there's Maria Bello, who is the, like, a psychiatrist, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Like, the precinct psychiatrist. Or psychologist. Like, a counselor. Yeah. Yeah. And Ethan Hawke, the first conversation they have is him being like, well, come on, admit it. You're in love with me. And she's just like, okay, sergeant. It's like, that's bizarre. That's so inappropriate. That's so deeply inappropriate. Their relationship was so inappropriate. 
He's got mad PTSD and she is just like... She's taking advantage of Fully taking advantage (laughs) of her fucking client. It's so funny. It is bizarre. There's a bit where he's like... Why were they there? There's a bit where he was like, um, (laughs) you want to fuck me? Yeah. And then what she should have said is... I have to stop seeing you. I'm a psychologist. You're my client. Even if I did, yeah. it's not going to happen. And you can do that with Spark and like, oh, yeah. they want to fuck. But what she said instead, she's like, if I wanted to fuck you, I would have already fucked you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like, what? And it's like, we can justify it if she, like, honestly, one of those little conversations that yeah. happened just behind the camera. We can justify it though if she's a psych. Like we can justify her being there. And she's just... Half naked. The whole... She's wearing a flimsy little... Yeah. Although, I will say, her death... So she gets shot in the head by... <laughs> she gets full shot in the head about... I will say, this is... Everything that we're saying here, the criticism of her... Um, of the love interest of that mm. story, I I fully agree with. And then she gets shot in the head. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, that's what I was about to say. Like, when I will say, I'll give it this. When she got shot in the head, I was like, okay, I did not see because I thought they were gonna fuck in a cell yeah. before running away together and being the only two that lived. In the end, the secretary lived. Yeah. But Maria Bello, full fucking gun to the head. I was like, okay. It was one of those ones, like, it really, it was there with like Psycho in turn, even yeah. though it happens later in the plot. I was like. That was well played. Yeah. I'll give you that. 100%. That was like very, very well done. It just I very much really that. like, uh, but, it, to set it all up, but the setting up was so funny. It, there's something about, uh, I feel like uh, 2000s, 2005 to like 2015, probably now still, we're probably still in it. There was this like era <laughs> of like, <laughs> God, there's no women in this story. Yes. Just don't put them in there. They don't find. No, but like, also it's just like, just recut. Just, just, you know, like they're just like, there's no, how? They sit around, it's like, it's a group of men sitting around going, how do we get a woman in the story? And it's like, yeah. all of the characters but are no, called but mate, what you don't understand. Sergeant last no. name. Any of them can be yeah, a woman. That's the thing. What you don't understand is it's set in a cop shop. So just men everywhere. But you know what women do is reception. So let's just chuck a receptionist in there. What, is she hot? Yeah, oh, she's so hot. Oh, she's so hot, clearly. She's so fucking hot. What I love about, there's two things you've done there, Mish, which I actually think didn't happen, which is one... Uh, you, we, we, one, we talked about the fact that she was hot. Mm. Uh, And two, there was a sort of a, um, but it's a cop shop. Mm. But that, and I think neither of those things happen. I think in the real situation, they didn't need to discuss. Of course, she's wearing fishnets. <laughs> of course, and, she's and the first shot of her is just upskirt. She's standing yeah. on a ladder. It's just it is the most like. What are you doing? Just of course. Um, she's from uh, for big fans out there. She's from um, uh, Sons of Anarchy. It, she's also Sopranos. Yeah. Okay. She's, and she's great. She's a yeah. great actor. Uh, the other thing that I love is this idea of like they would, it's just like, because you know, have, you know, Alien, I, I think you would know this fact. 
um, Alien was originally written when they wrote it. They, I did know they, this. All the characters were in the first film are mm. only their last names, mm. and they were all, when they wrote it, imagining men yes, for the entire film. Yes, I did film. know that, yes. And then as they finish it, they're like, oh, shit. Um, and then they just put a note at the start of the script where they said, note, any of these characters can be replaced with women. Uh, thinking side characters, mm. and then Ridley Scott, Cast made uh, like cast a woman as Ripley. That's great. And they were just like they did not comprehend the idea that Ripley would be a woman. I love that. And I think that's great. But it, there's something to this story where they're just like, yeah, do yeah. We? It's like just we have to. It's a bunch of men who wrote in a woman character. It's this like, like extra. And what and what what is her? Uh, she is woman. That is literally, and I'm not, and I'm a big, and this podcast brought it out of me, I'm a big believer in watch something for the time in which it was made. Yeah. There's like, yeah. I, I'm really, you, this movie has not aged well. American Pie has not aged well, but that movie is funny. You yeah. can watch it as a 1997 film. You know yeah. what I mean? Big believer in that. So, but, but this is a perfect example of a group of men sitting around going, let's just write woman. It's- and they made a woman. And they put her in there. She, like, if you take her story out completely, like you remove her character and you go, what is her story in this? It's just squealing and wanting to have a fun time. <laughs> like, it, wanting to party and wanting to, like, just r- hide behind men because they'll protect. It's fucked. It's also just, like, it. But I think the layer that's funny is it's, like, the growing pains of two th- It's, like, the we know something's wrong. Yeah. We know that the original movie was just too many men. Yeah. How can we get women in it? And it's like you don't, you just cast women. Yeah. Just have more cops in the station and have one. But then even like the, the female, um, the female, uh, like, she's closer. The criminal. She's closer. She's just a female prisoner. Yeah. Right. She's a closer thing. But there's just this layer of like, but this one's a lady prisoner. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. she's closer. You just make one of them a woman. Yeah, exactly. You just just make one of the cops a woman. It's bizarre. Can I just quickly, yeah. um, very, very quickly, my favourite alien fact yeah. um, is I believe it was in the second film. And also I was, I, I now I'm thinking about it, I hope I'm saying it right. I hope I'm getting the fact right. But okay, okay. there's a famous uh, scene of Sigourney Weaver walking around in a white tank top and white jocks walking around the uh, ship. That's in the first one. I oh, is it in the yeah. first one? So, um they really wanted her to do that. She's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. But she didn't wax or she didn't shave. And they were like, oh, well, will you? And she's like, I'm not going to wax. I will do it, but I'm not going to wax. So they had to go in, pay God knows how much money, and individually on each frame and remove, literally her, remove her pubes. That's yeah. so funny. She was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not waxing my box. She was just in cryosleep. Yeah. She, she would have been. That's so funny. Yeah. That's a great fact. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's the fact. Anywho. Um. Very, very quick note on John Leguizamo in Assault on Precinct 13, open bracket, 2005, close bracket. Dies two-thirds of the way through the film. That is... I we I've been waiting for a Johnny moment like that for a while. We haven't had a two-thirds of the way through Mm. the film. And a great death. Great death. Uh, Not noble, not a noble death, but a pronounced, important to the plot death. Yeah, absolutely. 
and uh, really earned for the character. Yeah. A great two thirds of the way in death. Um, I wrote I wrote a couple of notes actually for this. Film, yeah, great. Which we're not we don't we don't always do, but I was really into this film. Yeah, you were having a great time when you I were mes- you were messaging me last. I night. tried to make it sound like I was just I was trying to make it sound like I was reminding you to watch it, but what I really wanted to say was I'm absolutely fucking loving this film. <laughs> it was right after I messaged you right when Johnny Legs died as well. Um, I wrote Legs acts with his teeth. And we've seen it before. Hey, what? Okay. He, we've seen it before, but he does like a lot of teeth acting. Yeah. And he gets, f- and they're all, he's quite spitty. Yeah. And they're shiny and they're big and he acts with them and it's just so like yummy. I just, I just, and we've, I've seen, he does it often when he plays a villainous role. Yeah. Or if he plays someone who's a little bit sneaky or someone who's up to something. Yeah. He acts with his teeth. That's all I can say. But if you want, like, watch this film, please watch this film. It's so fun. I'm going to say to you, watch the original first, though. I would say watch it second. No, I, the original's a really good film. Yeah, but then that might make this one shit. Because if you go into it with me, like me, yeah, I you're get just going to have saying. a fun time. And then after you've had a fun time, go watch a good film. Yeah, but it'll, it'll undo. Okay, I get what you're saying, right? But what yeah. you're saying is... In order to make this two and a half star mm. film a three star film, don't let the five star film yeah. be the best that it could be. That's true. I'm telling you, I think the maths works out mm. that if you watch the first one first. Okay. You watched this film going, what the fuck are they doing? What yeah. was the original? I watched this film going, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> They've ruined the we original. Had, well, uh, no, I I am of the belief. I'm getting more and more of the belief that uh, if you're going to remake a film, particularly mm-hmm. a really good one, take a fucking swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this movie does that. Does the swing, is the swing a little too big so that the baseball bat flips back around and hits, hits him in the face? face? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Um, there was just another thing about this movie that I just, and I love this in so many action films, particularly in the noughties, late 90s, is the way these professionals, these professional policemen shoot guns. Oh, yeah. It's just absolutely showering bullets. And they never hear, I've talked about this before on the pod and other movies that we've watched, where there's just showering bullets. Like, <laughs> I'm talking Ethan Hawke at one stage jumps outside to shoot a group of these men, who, by the way, are cops. We haven't actually mentioned that, that the people who are assaulting this precinct are cops. They're trying yeah, to get that, one of Yeah, and that's my things. next point. So um, to say this, He yeah. jumps out. This is a professional cop, has a fucking machine gun on his hip and just unleashes unleashes and doesn't hit a thing. Yeah. And it was just a lot of sticking guns out of small holes and just shooting. But then when presented, every time they were presented with a with a person they wanted to kill in their face, they proceeded to have a big conversation with them. But five minutes ago, you were just showering bullets, showering them. It's just like, it was just insane. There was one bit when all the lasers came through the room. Yeah, that was a cool bit. Um, and Ethan Hawke yells, get down, and then slides on his belly towards the window to presumably duck from any bullets that are about to come through that window and then just stands up square in front of the window. <laughs> it, it's like watching a bunch. I'm not even kidding. It was that scene, all the scenes, all the heavy action shooting scene was like watching a bunch of 12-year-old boys yeah. play war. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
It was just a lot of rolling on the ground for no reason, but then jumping back up, showering bullets. It was just insane watching. My, I legitimately had a thought at one point while they were like yelling at each other and just like there was a point where two cops were having an mm. argument and just like waving their guns around. Yeah. And I was just like, they didn't do a gun safety day on this mm. set. They didn't do a, like, not even a gun safety, a how to handle guns day, mm. which which you need to do, not for the safety of the cast, but for it to be believable. Yeah. The cops are just like, not just shooting, just the way they're like, they just <laughs> flick the gun around. Like they'll flailing have a finger on the, on the trigger, just flailing about, just like, Calm down. The other thing I was going to say was just to talk to what you said about the cops. So so the twist in this one is it's not gang members. What we find out, we initially think, so So just to set it up, uh, Morpheus mm-hmm. um, uh, is a, a killer. He's a cop killer. And the scene where he kills the cop, also very, very, very cool. Very, very cool. The two coolest scenes in the movie. Mm, right up top. Right up top <laughs> and completely have uh, not in mm. the original. Could, you could cut them, but why would you? They're the best scenes in the film. Where he kills a cop and then he ends up at this uh, precinct 13, which is shutting and because of the snowstorm, he's one of the prisoners they lock up. Uh, and then we initially think that it's his people trying to get him out. Mm-hmm. And then we realize somehow, uh, because he see because one of the one of the people trying to assault the precinct thirteen has a police badge, and then somehow he figures yeah, out Yeah, because the guy came with their police badges. I came with the that police badge. That was something badge. that but like they were like Mish, oh. He also Ethan Hawke also knows he like in the next scene he's like <laughs> This is a police officer. Not only that, he works for this guy. So he's able to access the records, yeah. but not then send a message out <laughs> with whatever. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, has a police badge. Yeah. Like they brought their police badges to this incredible assault. So they have these police badges, right? So, th- and it's a twist. And if you've seen the original, it's a twist even for, it, you know, it's like this time the cops are the bad guys. Mm. And it turns out they're crooked cops. They don't want to save Morpheus. Mm. They want to kill Morpheus, right? Yeah. Now, I say all of this to set up my my biggest question, which is what was their plan? What actually is their plan? Because at one point they go, uh, Gabriel Byrne goes, we're going to blame all this on his men, right? But like. Wouldn't you have to get the guns out of like the gun? Wouldn't How? they have like a gun room there at the so police m- station? Yes. And also there were probably around about three dozen, 40, 40 of these cops at this assault. I think he thing, says right? 32 at one point. All right. Point. So 32. How did they all have this conversation? Yeah. How did they all go? I think that what we need to do is something deeply illegal against anything we've ever stood for. But the 32 of us together have to do it. Mental. The one that drove me absolutely up the fucking wall was in this uh, cop shop, right? You've got your hot secretary, your hot psych, Ethan Hawke, an older cop, um, a younger cop, and then the criminals, right? Turns out when they all get outside, the older cop was actually in on it with all the other Mm. guys. Why didn't the older cop just shoot them all? Yeah. Like, 
the older cop was there with them for the like two thirds, yeah. three quarters of the film, and when they finally get outside, Gabriel Burns like, "Good job, Johnny," or whatever his name was, and shakes his hand. He's like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna kill you all now!" Ha ha! I was in it the whole time. What? You were alone in a room yeah. with almost every single person that yeah. just kill them all. You obviously want to. You're about to shoot them all. Just shoot them. So my it's just insane. My question. In the, in the original, it's just gang members and the precinct is down the road so no one can see them. And that makes sort of sense. But in this one, it's cops. Cops that use a helicopter at one point. Yeah. They use full SWAT gear. Now, I don't know a lot about how being a cop works. I really don't. It's something I think about sometimes. I go, do they have KPIs? Yeah. Do they have, like, what's a day in the life of a cop? What's their structure? I really don't know how cops work and I think I should. But beyond that, I have a pretty strong suspicion there's a lot of paperwork involved. I reckon being a cop involves a lot of paperwork. Mm. And I reckon being a cop involves a lot of like, get even if you're a crooked cop, mm. right, if you want to get all the SWAT gear, just as someone who's, you know, a, any office, right, mm -hmm. if you want to get the sticky tape, Mm -hmm. You got to talk to the person. You got to talk to the office manager. You got to go, hey, uh, can I get the key for the sticky tape? Yeah. Right? There's a cupboard with sticky tape. Can I get the key for that? Mm -hmm. You're telling me Gabriel Byrne doesn't have to go, hey, can I, I need 30 squat, SWAT gears. Hey, who did, who did he get? He gets a helicopter mm -hmm. and that helicopter like shoots at Precinct 13. The snowstorm explains a bit, mm -hmm. but when there's a helicopter mm -hmm. shooting at Precinct 13, yeah. people would go to see that helicopter. Mm -hmm. But not only that, who, who, who's, how many people did he have to loop in? Who, how did, what did he say? What's he going to say tomorrow? That's what I mean about, like, how did they all have this conversation? There is, yeah, what's yeah, going to happen tomorrow? So, say it all works, Gabriel yeah. Byrne. Yeah. It all works. You kill everyone. You blame uh, Morpheus's, Morpheus's guys. Yeah. Right? Um, there is a reference to a clean gun later on. So maybe you... So I, I, I mean, they're going to go in and they're going to go, well, they're going to do forensics and stuff, mm. right? And they're going to go... What do you... But how do you explain the helicopter? Because mm. they're going to go, hey... Yeah, how look, do you explain the 32 SWAT uniforms that we're missing? Yeah, they're going to go, hey, look, not a big deal at all. We know you didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. You're a highly respected member of the team, yeah. just firstly. Um, but you booked a helicopter. Yeah. It's got here that... Therese, yeah, our office manager, just writes... <laughs> the helicopter girl. Yeah. Therese just writes... In the fishnets. Yeah. yeah, she's over there having a drink. <laughs> having a party she's photo she's she's photocopying her tits right now just over there but Drake's flagged with us that uh yesterday at 5 p.m you mm. booked a helicopter for 12 hours is that could you and also not a big thing <laughs> yeah um not a big deal yeah just next time yeah. if morpheus's guys mm. are like assaulting precinct 13 mm. Let us know that you're going to go stop yeah. them. We really appreciate you stopping, stopping them. That's really cool that you did. Um, and with forensics is currently working on exactly how it all happened and stuff. But there's just something I'd like to note here that's a bit strange. Um, a lot of clean guns missing. Uh, like we've like 
we have cupboards and cupboards and cupboards full of guns. Um, and a bunch of them are gone. Uh, F-52s, actually, which I believe is what Morpheus's mates seem to have used on... Um, on Morpheus, which is weird. I'm not suggesting you had anything to do with it, mate. With This is not a big thing at all. We love you. You're a great guy. Yeah. You're very good at what you do. How, Merry Christmas, Merry by the Christmas. Way. Yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy 2006. Yeah. Just wanted to just cross my T's, dot okay. my I's. Um, so two things for me. Uh, so you think it was Morpheus's guys, right? That's And that's we, we understand. Mm. Thank you so much for mm. doing what you could. Um, how come there's n- none of them? There's mm. a bunch of dead cops. Yeah. And dead, but there's none. none. You didn't get one? Not one. Second. Also, why is this the, why, like, again, I know you had nothing to do with this. I don't expect you to know the answers, but I thought maybe we could just, like, hash it, hash out. it out a bit, maybe kind of come up with it together. But why is Maria Bello dead? The psych. Oh, and this is not a big thing, but. We, I know you're a lone wolf. Yeah. I know you like to do things your way. Yeah. But if if ever there's like this level of mm. thing that you have to call on the helicopter, mm. do not be afraid to ask for more backup. Yeah. We could have sent some more cops. Yeah. Uh, just let us know. Yeah. Also, <laughs> <laughs> don't want to make a huge yeah. thing out of it. But how come? <laughs> That's it. That's, I'm, it just... Holes. So many holes. Like you have to allow this film so many holes. Like it's just insane. I had such a good time. I did too. Yeah, it was just bonkers. It was absolutely crazy, this film. And I just thoroughly enjoyed it. They just don't make movies like this no more. <laughs> no, they really don't. Mm. They don't make what I. I mean, my biggest thing was, I I cannot comprehend, and I I want you to watch the original. I want to I hear will, your I thoughts will. on it, just because of how, like, I don't know, and it is. I think it's a sign of the time, mm-hmm. and the sign of the times. I think we still do this, right? I don't know how anyone could watch that original film and go, "What this needs is." I reckon the criminals should have names and introduce themselves six times. Each person. Oh, ja- and Ja Rule. Hey, I'm Smiley. That's my name. Yeah. And then like a scene later, if no one's going to introduce themselves, it's me, Smiley. I'm Smiley. Um, there was a scene where John Leguizamo and Ja Rule fight, like they have a mm. little wrestle. I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's just like Ja Rule is wrestling. That's Ja Rule pre-Fire Festival. Like, Ja Rule is in this film. Do you know what it had the tone of? The criminals had the tone of, just talking about sitcoms, like a pilot, a sitcom pilot. Like, I'm the lock picker and I'm the crazy one that does the drugs and me, I'm Ja Rule. And I'm a big scary man. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm a girl. (laughs) Everyone's different. And they haven't like fleshed it out. Like it was just bonkers. There's just so much more. It's just so much more talking. This movie had so much more talking than was necessary. And just like really random moments of flirtation between yeah. the psych and Ethan Hawke that just made no sense in the in the context of what was going on. Just crazy. But her being shot, incredible. Do you have final thoughts on this one? Yeah, final thoughts. Um, 
uh, two final thoughts. One is um, I sort of touched on it, too many words. Uh, but the other thing is my two favourite scenes, where I will say I'm glad this movie existed, is that my two favourite scenes were the two character introduction scenes, the one of uh, Ethan Hawke and the one of, I shouldn't call him Morpheus. Lawrence Fishburne. I should call him Lawrence Fishburne. But their two intro scenes made me go, ooh. 100%. I, the first, the opening scene in particular for yeah. me was just like, oh, this is good. And it was but not because the way I thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, the, those two scenes, I was like, I don't know how they're going to work this mm. into the simple story, but ooh. Mm. Um, so I, I loved those scenes and I, I kind of just wish this movie was uh, not a remake of Assault on Precinct 13 and was just a movie about those two characters. Mm. That's, but also, hey, I had a great time. Same. I liked all the splodies and I liked how... Like uh, I liked how people stabbed yeah. people with um, ice, uh, yeah, icicles. That was cool. My final thought is that in personal opinion, I don't speak for everyone here, but there is nothing intimidating about Gabriel Byrne. Okay. I just don't see it at all. I just don't understand. I, get it. I thought that was a really odd choice. Yeah. Um, but I had such a great time. I really thoroughly enjoyed this film. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Like, it's not one of those return to it. Like, no. Like, like recently I watched Hellraiser and I was just like, oh, and that is like a nine and a half out of 10 movie instantly, right? Mm. This isn't that. I I would rewatch Hellraiser. It's like, no, but fuck, I had a good time. And if anyone ever asked me in the future, when we're done with this pod, when we've scrapped this shit, I will think fondly of this one. Yeah. That's how I feel. I will think. Very fondly of this one. Gabriel Byrne's character was, I suppose, necessary, but also not. Not at all. Not, not, there was scenes back to him and it's just like. When you think of Gabriel Byrne, what's the first movie you think of? You know, he's one that I had to look up. Uh, I forgot that he was in Usual Suspects. I would get think of Usual Suspects, but yeah. he's one where I go, I know. It's same with Maria Bello, actually. I forgot she was to in. To me, I think that she is like, I think her and John Leguizamo were very much similar actors and then John's just having his Leguizamo and she's never had a Belaisance. Yeah, she she's someone who who, she's in everything and mm-hmm. I see her all the time. Her name doesn't match her face for me. Mm. I, I When I think of her, it's Coyote Ugly, obviously, and also duets. Yeah, great. Remember duets? Yeah, very Coyote Ugly. That, yeah. That's a genre of two films right there. Yeah. Um, I, if you want to see some really good Gabriel Byrne, watch Hereditary, which I believe you've seen. I, you know, I haven't. I know. Crazy. Oh, you simply must. I know. I know. The other thing I think I'll say about Maria Bello is uh, I think when I hear her name, I, th- I think she should look like uh, um. Oh, I had her name and then I forgot it. What's the one from The Matrix, The Second Matrix? I haven't seen The Second Matrix. Uh, of course you haven't. If you hated the first one, oh, Mish. You take the second? Oh, it's like... Uh, While it, you're looking that up, can I give my Leguistamo rating? No, no, wait, 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 wait. Maria Bello. What's the... Uh, Belushi, Monica Belushi. Oh, yes, yes, yes. When I hear Maria Bello, I think Monica Belushi. Oh, okay. That's interesting. You always go first. I want to go first. I go first. I want to go first. Leguistama, Leguistama Rama. 
We've explained it enough. We don't need to explain it again. The Leguistamos. The Leguistamos. Mish, I have to give this five. Get out of town, really. And uh, I'll tell you why. No, I don't think I need to really. I think I mean, you heard it all in the last hour. He plays a cokehead. He's He dies Half, two-thirds, two-thirds in. The movie is very 2005. Now, I'm not saying... John Leguizamo has had a very rich career, mm-hmm. right? But I feel like everything he's done, particularly in the 90s and the 2000s, very much encapsulated the decade they would they existed in. So if a young John Leguizamo was in a 90s film, boy, it's got to feel 90s to get mm-hmm. that vibe. This movie features... Features a very 2005 John Leguizamo in a very 2005 film. Yep. Five Leguistamos? Five Leguistamos. Okay. I love that. Thank now, you. this is how I feel about this film. Mm-hmm. If John Leguizamo was not in this film. Which you are, uh, you've, you've taken this rule and you've, you've gone with it. No. I'm, you don't even know what I'm going to say. No, no. John Leguizamo was not in this film. It would still receive two Leguistamos in my opinion. To me, it is up there with speed in terms of its Leguizamo-iness right. John in it. And that alone, along with all the other things you listed, it's like, of course he's in this fucking film. Of course he's playing that role in this fucking film. Of course he fucking dies. He has the witty quips. He fights Ja Rule. This is such a Leguizamo-y film. It simply must get five Leguistamos oh, from me. Mish. I'm so happy that you gave it five. I thought you were going to go three or four. I did. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't go any less. When he got shot, actually, do you know it was earlier than him getting shot? Yeah. It was the bit where he goes, how do we fucking know this guy is in the bad yes. guy? Yes. How do we fuck? And they're like, you need to come. And like um, Lawrence Fisherman's like, you need to calm the fuck down. Yeah. If When you get a scene of John Leguizamo freaking out and being like, I'm going to fucking kill this motherfucker. And then a, a more like... Uh, like a more Morpheus type role. Morpheus type actor <laughs> yeah. going, you need to calm the fuck down. Yeah. You, you you're, gotta like, you're then losing the five. Yeah. Right? It's like, we're at five. Yeah. Are you gonna lose it? No, he just got shot two thirds yeah. of the way through the movie, climbing up a fucking fence. Yeah. In- and gets a shot, a special a special fucking close up of the bullet. They were like, head. you know what, we've got time. Jo- John, can you get back yeah. on the ground? We're gonna get a shot of you dead. So good. They don't get a shot of other Do you know what we've just done, Zach? Dead. That is we've just done a, a Leguistama-rama. 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 Oh, it's good to be back, baby. Oh, I am so happy. Were you doing five? Were you doing five? Oh, yeah, I knew I was going to do five. I was. I thought that this wouldn't get a Leguistama-rama, though, because I didn't think that you would I embrace not. it. Oh, I could not. How I could I not? I love that. I love that. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for listening. Hunch sent. Go listen. Go watch this film. Watch the original first. As Zach you suggested. don't have to. You can listen. Or to you could go my disagree. path. And I am going to watch the original. I'll try and do it within the week. Um, thanks so much for tuning in, Tom. What should Tom take us away with? Uh, Tom, can you take us away with something John Carpentery sounding? Okay. You know, you, you know I, I think he'll know what that means. Halloween. Uh, you know, that kind of do, like, you know. Mm. Yeah, you got that. But don't stress too much, Tom. Like, just whatever you got. We love you, Tom. Thank you so much, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>